When you start an organization, you just try to be like other folks. I think it took a little bit longer for us to realize that, no, 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 we need to own our narrative. We need to have a clear point of view around it and, and make sure that it's very clear. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business and make it stop running you so you can enjoy your work and your life. In fact, we're the most practical business podcast in the world. It's time to go from a business manager to a business leader so you can stop managing the daily grind and instead start leading the long-term growth of your organization. And here's the thing, though. Growing an organization is a team sport, not a solo act. As leadership experts say, it's not lonely at the top if you bring your team with you. So this podcast isn't just focused on getting more done and growing your organization. We'll also focus on leading a team your team with confidence. And here's how we do that. Each week, we release a new episode answering your pressing questions about running a business or an organization. However, we always highlight one next step for you and include what we like to call an activation or delegation guide so you can immediately take action and start applying what you learn and get your team to help you. Well, let me introduce myself. I'm Trisha Shortino, the CEO of Belay a virtual staffing company based in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm Lisa Zeveld, but everyone calls me LZ. I'm the COO of Belay, and we have the privilege of helping thousands of organizations save time, decrease hassles, and reduce the stress associated with running a business with administrative support. We are so excited you're with us today. In this episode, we'll be learning how building a community can help you build your business, and we'll be joined by Sangram Vadre, the co-founder and chief evangelist of Terminus, which is an account-based marketing software for B2B organizations. I'm super excited about this conversation because this is a big opportunity for our businesses, especially small businesses. When you can't compete with your larger competitors' marketing budget, you've got to get scrappy to find an edge. Deepening your relationships within the market is an amazing way to get that edge. At Belay, we've done this by deepening our relationships with small business owners by participating in live events, online summits, social media, and well now, this podcast. Today, we're going to learn how building connections with potential customers can turn into cash or cachet for your business. Before we hear today's listener question, we want to let you know that One Next Step is brought to you by Belay's Social Media Strategist Service. While social media is great for business, we also know it's a lot to manage. Most small business owners don't know what to do or how to use social media, so they don't even try. Are you sure or unsure which articles to share, what to retweet, or how to reschedule that video? Do you feel like you don't quite know or understand how to speak to your audience? Audience? Are you daunted by learning the ins and outs of new or actually any social media channel? <laughs> and even if you're trying to get into the game, managing your social channels, promptly responding to comments and messaging, and tackling your scheduling takes time. And that's time you may not have to spare. You can make the most out of your social media presence 
And, well, we can help. Every social media strategist boasts the belay-vetted expertise provided to thousands of entrepreneurs and executives. With a social media strategist, you can stay ahead of your competition and make lasting connections with your community and your target audience. For more information, visit belaysolutions.com. Now, let's get started with today's listener question. Hi, Trisha and Lisa. It's uh, Mike from Nebraska. And my business is in an emerging market in manufacturing, We're off to a great start, but all of our early customers have come through my personal network. Right now, the main issue is a lot of potential customers are either just becoming aware of the problem that we solve or just getting comfortable with the idea of uh, changing the way they used to do things. When I have the opportunity to teach people and explain what's going on, the light bulb almost always comes on. So how do you market a business for a product or service in a relatively new industry or a new product in an old industry where education is key? Wow, Mike, that is a great question. Our team considered turning this question into a two or three part series. Then someone recommended today's guest, Sangram Vadre the co-founder and chief evangelist of Terminus, because they've faced and overcome a similar challenge, building awareness of a problem and building awareness for their solution spontaneously. He has also served as the organization's CMO the first three years before becoming the chief evangelist. Sangram has published two books on account-based marketing, which we'll link to in the show notes, and he hosts the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily B2B marketing podcast. Now, here's our interview with Sangram Vadre. Welcome, Sangram. I'm so excited to have you with us today on the podcast. How are you? I am good. It's hot in summer and all those things, but I am good. I'm feeling great. Excellent. So let's get right down to the interview. This is the good stuff everybody's been waiting to talk to you about. So when Belay started 10 years ago, our team wasn't just trying to sell virtual assistants or bookkeepers. We were also really evangelizing out in the market that remote work was actually a thing and that business leaders were not really accepting the idea that people could be productive and work from home. So not only were we selling a service, we were selling and evangelizing for remote work. So when you started your organization, Terminus, you have a very unique, similar experience and story. Would you mind telling us kind of what you were up against and how you balanced kind of selling your technology while also selling a new marketing strategy to businesses? It's a big question. So let's... let's, let's it's loaded. It. We're going We're to go right for it. It's a loaded question. We Absolutely. don't mess around. Oh my God. Like you guys mean business. Okay. Okay. Well, what's interesting about that time and this time is that opportunities always happen when everybody feels like it's the worst time. Mm. True. And mm. now when you think about it, like I look at around, I look around and say, oh my God, are you kidding me? There are more amazing talent right now in the market than you can ever find. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there are more business opportunities than you can ever look into right now. If you were stuck in your career or, or whatever, like right now, go start something. It's going to take six, eight months a year before you get. So there's just incredible opportunities. And maybe that's because I'm an entrepreneur. But I feel like everybody needs to start looking and thinking about it that way because there are opportunities left, right, in front. So I am not, you're not going to be one of your guests who would be like, well, it's really bad time. No, <laughs> it's, 
incredibly amazing business. And now, of course, I'm sympathetic towards all the craziness happening in the world. And I'm not saying, well, well those, are, those are good things. But I'm saying if you are in a place, you're breathing and you can, you have some sort of talent, my God, like this is like the best time for you to shine. So that, that's, I just want to share that as a backdrop to the rest of this conversation. Mm. So five years ago when Terminus started, it was really interesting for me because I was running marketing at Pardot. We got acquired by Exact Target. Then we were acquired by Salesforce. All of a sudden I went from this 100 people, tiny company to this 10,000 plus people, iconic brand called Salesforce. And I still remember the days where somebody said to me like, hey, hey, look, you know, how are you run part of marketing? That's great. Maybe it's like 1x. But now that you're part of Salesforce, you got to think 100x. Wow. And you know what, what that really meant to me was this idea that, oh, my God, if this is if this is what you need to think about, they were not talking about budget. They were not talking about more resources. Mm-hmm. They were talking about the way Mark Benioff thinks the way he thinks about partnership, the way he thinks about launching something, the way he thinks about community and all those things, right? So to me, when we started Terminus, I found myself in a similar situation where we're based in Atlanta, not a lot of funds, uh, first-time founders, so really didn't, like, you, you want to put stack, you want to stack all the odds that were against us, like, you know, this is like a recipe I, I wouldn't for bet for you in Vegas, no? Yeah, right? Not a place. But then we realized that the only way we can break through this is by actually going after the problem, not the product. Mm. So in the early days, we decided not to fall in love with our product and fall in love with the problem we saw. So I love when, Tricia, you talked about like where you started, the organization started with this idea of helping people do work remotely in a better way. I think that's the problem that you're solving and the products could be anything. So we just, we literally just did that. We started this uh, community called Flip My Funnel and and that just blew and and allowed us to grow really big. So I have a saying um, that's like, without a community, you're simply a commodity. Mm. I mean that and I feel like every organization looks in right now, every person listening, you got to think about the community that's around you, an individual community that surrounds you, that you are around hanging out or as a product company, like whatever your community is going to be your brand. Your community is going to define who you are. So without a community, you're a commodity. And I feel like we stumbled on that as an idea and just led that to our growth. So now five years later, we're about 250 people based in Atlanta, India, and San Francisco, um, or a thousand customers. And what I feel the most passionate about, which is where we started, I feel like now is the time for everybody just jump mm. in for whatever talent they got. It's a beautiful time. Yeah, I love that. And and I like how you're talking about community, right? So let's dive deeper into that now, since we're just going deep, right? From the yeah. beginning, um, many of our listeners are not in the technology space. So they're not going to get a huge lump sum of money, right? That's just not something that's going to come to them. And most of them are just really leading small businesses. So one of the reasons we're grateful to have you on the podcast is to have a Um, that you're talking about a marketing strategy that really anyone can use to build their business in any industry. So with Flip My Funnel, you started a movement 
and built a community among B2B marketers. Um, those are marketers who sell their products or services to other businesses. So um, why did you start building that community? I mean, I think you touched on a little bit, but let's go deeper yeah. into that. You know, I think when organizations want to launch a product, the reality is simply this. Somebody right around the corner, and that's the paranoia in me, is like, I feel like somebody right now, right around the corner in their shed is actually building a better, faster, cheaper product than we got. Sure, yeah. That's reality, right? Like, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. the reality that you have to live with. And then, and that's a paranoia. That's a healthy paranoia, I feel like, to have is to make sure that you've got to always be, as Jeff Bezos might say, uh, your day one operator. Like, you got to think like it's always day one because day two is death. Right. You're either growing or declining. You're doing one or the other. You're evolving Mm -hmm. or you're becoming obsolete. Absolutely. I I think along those lines, it's almost like your touch point with your customers today, with your audience today, your future customers today, either to Trisha, your point, you're building your brand or you're literally crushing your brand, Yeah. right? Because your touch point matters. So for us, as a first-time founders in building and being in Atlanta, we, we just felt like we want to build an entirely new category. And that's a very different state. So when you think about it here in like, oh, well, a lot of people are listening and saying, well, we're not that big. We're not Salesforce. We're not. We were in the same exact bucket five years ago. We're not Salesforce. We were not any of those people. We're like three founders in Atlanta who never really did much in, in, in trying to build stuff. Like we were had jobs and other things. And what I realized is that that's a false statement that we tell ourselves that we can't go that big. We are not there yet. The reality is everybody starts somewhere. And for us, where we started was that we are going to fall in love with the problem. We're going to figure out how we know that this is the real problem to solve is by creating a community, which is going to allow us to find problem market fit. Ah, I like that. Very different. Mm. Very different than product market fit. Like, have you heard about that, these two th- terms, like product market fit and problem market fit? No, I, I didn't know that there was a difference in those two. So that's quite eye-opening. Yeah, it, it is a huge difference. When you think about a product market fit, as a lot of small businesses, early stage companies, would think, well, I got to sell to 20 companies. And if they buy or people, then I know I have a product market fit. Great. But do you know if there's a problem market fit, which essentially help you understand that there's enough market for you to sell in the future. So community is a great way to figure out if the problem exists. So for example, when we started Flip My Funnel, we invited the top 50 marketing and sales leaders to come and speak at our conference and we made it open. And what it, what we realized is that every time we did that event, there would be hundreds and now over 1,500 people show up to that conference. Wow. Uh, just physically and virtually over, over 10,000 people. Yeah. So we knew that we hit on a problem. Right. Yeah, I love that. So we have given ourselves the title of being the most practical business podcast in the world. So with that, do you have any how-tos? Like how to build a community? What are some first literal practical steps that an organization or a leader can take on how to build a community and maybe how did you take the first steps with Flip My Funnel? Oh, that's a great question, Trisha. And I'm glad you asked because I feel like people need to take a step. Mm-hmm. And if this conversation does not lead them to take a step, whatever that step is, then I fail to be a good guest for you. 
And I think we overall as a team, like we, we had so much fun just launching this thing. So that's like, yeah. oh gosh, we better make it. Uh, work <laughs> <laughs> so, so I feel like there's really few things that people can do. One thing is people think, well, podcasting is really hard. Let's just take that as an example. Mm-hmm. And podcasting is very easy. I think, think about podcasts as a flyby not a, a tactic or, a, or one thing that you do and some of the things that you're starting to look. So if people want to build a community, the number one impediment that people have is that, oh my God, I need to hire a community manager. I need to create tons of content. Mm-hmm. I need to do a whole bunch of things. No, no, no. Let's say you have 10 customers today. Go and audio video interview, just like you're doing right now, interview your 10 customers mm-hmm. and just have conversation with them. Not necessarily about product. Product might come in and out. doesn't really matter. Take that particular podcast episode and turn that into literally 10 different types of content. You can have two-minute snippet audios that can be turned into a blog later on, that can be turned into Twitter and Facebook posts later on, that can be turned into a LinkedIn Live uh, later on. So you could do all these different things from one piece of content. And guess what? Slowly, when you start creating that, and, and I'm a big fan of another saying that, that consistency creates massive output. Right, yeah. Do it consistently every single week. You don't have to overwhelm by doing it daily, mm-hmm. like like now with the flip my phone community. Do it weekly, do it bi-weekly, but whatever you do, do it consistently and give it a good solid six months mm-hmm. before you start looking and saying, oh my God, that's another thing that I see people do. It's like, oh, I did like three uh, content pieces. I only have three likes or three people engaged. No, no, no. Right. You gotta give it time. You gotta put your heart and soul into it. You gotta believe in it. Like you both, like I can see that you believe in what you're doing with this interview and this conversation. People gotta believe that you mean it. You care about it. Mm. And I've seen it like if you consistently do it, you take that one, but you don't have to go and find and try to create crazy stuff. I do my podcast on a MacBook Pro. I don't even use a microphone anymore mm-hmm. because I'm like, People love casual conversations. We over-architect it sometimes and make it like too crazy. And and this pandemic and all this thing that made us realize it's okay to have your family portrait like wall. (laughs) Beautiful. Love that wall. (laughs) (laughs) That gives character to the conversation. So I feel people are simplify over complicating things. So figure out what to simplify it and be consistent. Pick one thing and do it for six months. And don't give up. Don't give up. Right, yeah. Don't yeah. Persistent, simple, and just do yep. it. Just get started. Yeah. So I'm going off the script here. You know, you were talking about being real. So you have given us, n- number one, motivation. I mean, I'm motivated just talking to you. You've talked about how this is such a great economic time to start a business. It's also a great economic time for those who own a business currently to really kind of switch it around and think about um, solving a problem, not just focusing so much on their product. You kind of make all this sound a little easy. So give me maybe one or two examples. What is something that maybe you didn't do in the early days that you wish you might have done? Or maybe there's just a good mistake that you don't mind sharing with us. Because here's what I know. I know the best education and the best growth that we have experienced here at Belay is unfortunately when we do things wrong. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Failure, failure is again and again and again. How long do we have? Because yeah. That, and, then, and again, thank you for asking that because those are true. I think in the early days, we we did not focus enough on customers as much as we should have. Okay. So we would just be so focused on top line that we would just try to get net new, net new, net new, and we forgot 
we forgot how important it is for business, for a good business to have retention as a big part of it. And yes. it wasn't that we were losing customers because we're, we, we're not having a good product or service. We're losing because we're not giving them the support because we were putting a completely new idea in front of them. And we said, oh yeah, go fish. Like it doesn't work that way. We, Gosh, like, this sounds awfully familiar, Trisha. <laughs> I know. I was thinking how, are you sure you don't work at the I think it's true for all of us, right? Yeah. I think so. We, all, yeah. all businesses, right? All businesses. Yeah. So, so another, just to give another saying around this is that as we've learned as an organization as retention is the best acquisition. Mm-hmm. So if you're yeah. a small business today and if you can retain 80, 90, or 100% of your customers, it's better than having a great top line growth. And it took us a long time before we realized, again, first-time founders didn't realize. We looked at SaaS metrics. We looked at all these things, top line revenue, let's grow, grow, grow. We have charge to get investor money, pride, and all these things kind of took over. And we forgot the basic things that a great business has. Yes. And I feel like everyone, if I can implore and say, take nothing from me, but that one thing, it will make you super successful is... Focus on your customers like it's it like they are like the most important because they are the most they are the, the important part. Yeah. Let's- well, and it's cheaper to keep a customer than to go get a new one. You know, we kind of say that around here is you know it's easier to just serve your current customer base really well than it is to go keep bringing and finding new customers to bring in. So we totally subscribe to that thinking here at Belay. Yeah, and they're a great referral source too. I know for Belay, I yeah. mean, the clients that come in who have been referred by another really happy client are the ones that, you know, are stay longer talking about retention. They're way happier from the beginning. And quite honestly, it was more cost effective. Totally. Like I'm a Belay customer for like last two years. And uh, I love, yeah. I love using it until I had like, I think I was talking to Tim earlier. He was like, wait a minute, you guys are like crossing the, the like the maximum level. Like when people have it, like, <laughs> like, I think it just makes my life easy. And, and, yeah. and that, that's really worthwhile for me. Um, another, another big mistake I think we did along those lines was not recognizing in the early days, I think it took almost two years, but not recognizing the importance of owning an additive. So when you start an organization, you start, you you kind of like a lot of times you fumble and you just try to be like other folks. You like to uh, be like, oh yeah, that's working. So why don't we become part of that? I think it took a little bit longer for us to realize that, no, 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 we're truly building an entirely new category over here. We need to own our narrative, we need to be bold about it, we need to be clear about it, we need to have a clear point of view around it, and and and, and make sure that it's very clear out there. So I think the idea of not owning the narrative hurt us, because what happened was we built a community, and now other people started to use our community because we've always been very, very vendor neutral to have their own narratives in it which was fine. We, as a matter of fact, we had competitors come and speak at our conference even today because yeah. we feel like that builds the, the community at long. Community, yeah. yeah. But we got to have our narrative so crystal clear that we know what we're talking about, why we talk about, what we stand for, what do we not stand for, all these yeah. things. So I think just making sure retention was like our number one from day one as a goal. If I were to go back and change, I would make that as a main KPI for our organization. And then just really always thinking, taking almost blocking some time on the calendar to say, 
Do we have the right narrative? Mm-hmm. What are my customers saying that we are not saying? Is the messaging right? Like right now, I go and look at G2 Crowd. If people are not familiar with G2, that gives all the vendor rankings and stuff. I look at what customers are saying to see, is that message the same message as the message on my website? Wow, yeah. A lot of times it's not. Is it translating? It's yeah. not translating. We're saying we're this and they're saying we're that. And guess what? In Ultimately, what they are saying is what we are. So constantly looking at that and testing yourself and and making sure you get out of your own little bubble is so important. Yeah, I love that. Well, Sangram, thank you so much for your transparency today, for your motivation. I mean, this has just been really incredible content. And I know it's motivated me and I'm sure it will our listeners as well. So thank you for carving out some time. I know this is easy for you. You do this all the time. You made us look good today. So thank you. (laughs) This is great. This is good stuff. I love ballet and I love what you guys do. Thank you so much. Thank you. about energy. Oh my goodness. Sangram had so much energy today. so fun. (laughs) So fun and motivating too. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to ask the question, what is your one takeaway today, Trisha? Gosh, there's so many favorite things that he said. He's full of excellent one-liners. My favorite was really how he talked about solving a problem, being problem focused Mm -hmm. versus product focused. That to me is genius, right? So instead of having product marketing, you have problem marketing. I, that is just a game changer for me. I just love that um, school of thought, really. It's, it's ingenious. I love it. I love it. I mean, I I felt the same way. I, I feel like a little silly. That has not come in front of me yet, mm. except for right now. So that was definitely mind blown with that one. The other thing, like you said, he was great with words, is that he said, without a community, you're just a commodity. Ooh, that sounds, Ooh. De- yeah. Who wants to be just a commodity? Just no. a commodity, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think so often when we're building a business, we think we, I mean, this goes to delegation mm-hmm. and everything else that we truly believe in, but so often we think we can just do it by ourselves. And, and he talked about how he was tapping in, even if it's three people, tap into those three people, start to build your community. Uh, don't be afraid to reach out to your competitors. Whoa, I know a lot of yeah. people that's going to be foreign, that's going to be scary, but so much good stuff. So yeah, community. Do not be a commodity. So you know what time it is. It's time for the one next step. As the most practical business podcast, we want to make sure you're taking action and it's not overwhelming you. So each episode, we're going to offer you one next step to propel you and your business forward. And today's next step is to begin planning the launch of your own community. Okay. This is a good one. (laughs) And to help you do it, as always, we're going to provide you with an activation or delegation guide. And this week's resource is our community building cheat sheet. So we've mined Mm. some of the top resources on community building and pulled them all together. And it's going to be an essential best practice resource for you. And if awareness of a specific issue or cause is important for your organization, you really need this resource. If you serve a specific niche segment of people, you need this resource. So Mm -hmm. to download it, text the phrase one next step to 31996 or visit onenextsteppodcast.com. That's onenextsteppodcast.com. 
When you request today's guide, you'll also get a summary of today's episode, which includes key quotes and takeaways, links to resources mentioned in this episode, and questions to ask yourself or your team to further today's topic. Another thing that you're going to find in today's guide is a link to Sangram's LinkedIn page. He told us a secret. He said he is putting up new content there every single day. So you definitely want to go and subscribe to his LinkedIn page and get all that information. Additionally, we're going to give you a link to a 10 to 15 minute playlist that you can play in the background while you focus on your one next step. So again, text the phrase One Next Step to 31996 or visit onenextsteppodcast.com. And if you are not convinced already, we'll even give you an opportunity to submit your business questions so one of us or a future guest can answer it during an upcoming episode. So here's our challenge to you. You guessed it. We want you to download that guide and give yourself the next 10 to 15 minutes to work on your next step. And with that, thank you for listening to this episode of One Next Step. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us next time for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Until next time, own your journey. It's your life and your business. It's up to you to create the life and organization you want. So start by making today count. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.